Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike. This is Season 5, Episode 1, our Christmas episode. Uh, happy Holidays, Tony. How you doing? Good. Happy Holidays to you. Happy Holidays to everybody out there in Two Brothers, One Mike land. Joe, you have all the, the festivities there behind you, but all my festivities are back home. I'm, I'm at the uh, Ground Zero here at Lansing. All the, folks, the only reason why... I'm in this place right here is for work. That's it. Um, so we don't decorate here because we're back home during the holidays. Um, and by the time this show airs, I will have been home for a few days already getting ready for the holidays. So you get to have all the Christmas stuff there. I don't have, I don't have any Christmas stuff. I have no. candles burning back there. Does that count? I ha- I <laughs> well, it could. I have, I, I mean, this of course is green screen. If you guys didn't realize, and I, 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 I could I couldn't I couldn't possibly well no there's more than one time you'll you'll notice the little fringing and stuff you can tell and yeah. besides I wanted to show off my fancy Christmas mug what I forgot was there was green in the mug and so I wouldn't be able to show it off otherwise so there yeah, but, you know what so though, I've been exposed yeah. whatever uh I, you know what I, I mean, kind of well yeah okay now I see what you're saying I I Actually, I thought you it was could see cool no, no, you got mug. the little yeah you you could tell you could tell but that's okay hey oh, well. listen I have I do have Christmas trees and stuff up around the house of course it's that time of year of course I do but um I was able to find some some uh, cool backgrounds through the uh, Zoom app and and so I just chose to go with this one but anyways uh, I know we have a lot that we want to talk about today, oh so man we do this is uh this is that new show this is that off the cuff one that we said we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, once every now and then, once a month, maybe, maybe not. Um, but for sure, um, more often than not, uh, where we just kind of throw some ideas out there and we go with it. And since we're, when you guys are hearing this show, if you're listening to it in real time, you're listening to this show four days before Christmas, <clears throat> there goes my voice. How could you be 52 years old and still losing your voice? Um, Christmas 2022. Or you might hear this in July of 2029, I, I, because these shows stay. This is what I like about podcasting. These shows are forever in the bank. You know, if you go to Spotify and you go, you know, like the Rolodex through all the shows, it's they're all there. That's kind of the cool thing between radio and podcasting. Radio, they do an interview on there, and they have it somewhere in their archives. But a lot of times, once you hear that, if you didn't hear the actual interview... You're not going to hear it again uh, unless, I don't know, unless they replay it. Uh, but uh, that's kind of the cool, one of the cool things about podcasting, I think. It's just me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, well, let's, let's start. You know, I know I brought this up last week. We were talking about, well, at the end of last season, uh, that one of the things I want to talk about was there was this bit of, it's not a conspiracy so much. It's just, I can't figure this thing out. Right. And that's with a Christmas story. Which, so we're so we're you're saying we're talking about movies right now. Yes, we're going to talk about some movies okay, real quick. But sure. I wanted to, I wanted to get to this one first because right. right now we also have a Christmas story, Christmas that's out as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I figured, why not start with this one? Okay. Um, you know, it was interesting. Well, also I wanted to show off my. I said I want to show off my cool little mug. Check check it out. It, it's got the little. We got the little rotating. Uh, electric sex blowing get to, uh, yeah. parents. I, I forget who it was that uh, yeah. uh, Cindy and the kids got this for me actually. Okay. And then you know, of course, it says uh, fragile. Must, must be. be Italian. Must be Italian. Yeah. So yeah. for those of you who think it's it must be French, you're wrong because my mug says so. And yeah. then we have a picture of the old man in the back uh, with the whole. You know, you were always jealous of this land. Oh yeah, that was oh, that, yeah. that was the big fight that night. It, it was out. Remember that? Yeah. It was out. Yeah, he, he, was he let, Yeah, that was it. So the part that had me confused, the end of the show, the end yeah. of the the end of that movie. I'm watching, and I cannot, I cannot understand. I thought for the longest time since 1983, really, that when Ralphie accidentally shot himself in the eye with the BB gun at the end of Spoiler alert, and, and honestly, if it's spoiled by this point for you folks, honestly, I don't know what to yeah, tell you. I don't know what to say. Uh, but, but the point is, he came in through the back door, and I always believed that the Bumpus dogs came in. He didn't shut the back door. So the Bumpus dogs came in from there. 
But then I'm watching. And when, when the father sits down and picks up the newspaper, the bumpus dogs come from the opposite direction. And yeah. we know this because they walked past the dad into the kitchen. When he ran into the kitchen to see what was going on, they ran out the back door. If they ran in the back door, they would have just ran in, ate the turkey, ran out. But that isn't what happened. They walked in, past the dad. Yeah. So at what point did they do that? Who left the front door open? They never really showed. So how did that happen? It just, it was the very, like, I know a lot of people probably think, well, they just got in. Yeah, but how? You know, they, I mean, they don't have opposing I, thumbs. I mean, I mean. Dad didn't come home from work that day. He was, it was Christmas morning. I don't know. It was after they already opened up the presents. Yes. Ralphie went outside. He was going to go kill Bart and, and all his men, um, Black, uh, Bart. Black Bart, Black Bart and all his men. And, uh, I do remember the bump of sounds coming in, but I, I forgot about the fact that the dad was reading the paper yep. and realized that something was walking past him. He put the paper down and then realized that the dogs were eating the turkey. Then they ran out the back door. I think he accidentally closed one of their ears. Uh, in, that was the, that was coming home from work one day when he shut the he shut the a door different one. on the dogs. Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, how did they get in the front door? I don't know how right. they got in the front door. That's what I'm saying. They don't. It's just one of those unexplained mysteries, right? But but we were always left to assume that Ralphie left the back door open. But no. No, uh, you know, so here's a few, I also got a few facts too, about the show that, okay. uh, uh, you know, you, you think that, uh, that we knew everything about it because it's been out for so long. Right. Uh, what I've, one of the, oh, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, it was mainly based upon the works of a Gene Shepard. Now this guy wrote, um, uh, these semi-autobiographical stories and he would read them on the air. He was a DJ. And at one point, um, it was, I believe, where did he go? Okay, Bob Clark, who actually directed the movie. Yeah. Uh, he heard him on, this, uh, on the radio. He heard Shepard on the radio telling one of these stories about a kid named Flick and how he was triple dog dared to stick his tongue to a metal pole. Flick, Flick. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Flick, Flick. <laughs> and, and so when Bob Clark heard that, he's like, I got to do this. And that actually started the whole ball rolling on the whole ball rolling on how a Christmas story even came to be. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely different. Um, I did not know that story on how it came to be. I do know that uh, it was kind of funny that they actually had the scene set up so that it was a Chicago suburb, if I'm not mistaken, Indi Indiana, Indiana, Indi Indiana suburb yeah. when actually it was shot in Cleveland, Ohio. Not, uh, and and not all of it though. Uh, come to find out, there was only about fifteen percent of it that was shot in the Christmas Story house on West Eleventh Street, I believe. Um, yeah, in Cleveland, uh, most of it, and, and even then, was told it was in Indiana, and then most of it was on a set. Uh, even a lot of the interior shots um, that weren't actually in the, in that house, they were on an actual set. Oh well, that's horrible. I yeah, mean, yeah. 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 So, uh, and I have never gone to visit and, and folks, we are, we where we're located in Ohio. We're only an hour away, uh, from the house, but I, did you ever go Joe to go see the house? No, I've never, no. never been. No. no. Yeah. So I, I know I, I thought somebody bought the house now and the tours were going to end from what I understood. I don't know if that's sure or not. I know uh, it was up for sale once again here in 2022. I don't yeah. know that they even have a potential buyer, uh, and what their, intentions are with it but it is it is going to be about, interesting to see talk about remodeling that furnace yeah i mean the furnace right? itself. yeah that <laughs> furnace. Furnace. yeah you need a new yes. furnace for sure yeah, you need, definitely need a furnace <laughs> and you gotta and, figure out and you gotta figure out how are the neighborhood dogs getting in the front door so there's that too there's a lot of problems with that house <laughs> yeah one of the things too and and i'll just uh i'll leave this one here with a christmas story yeah. everybody wanted to know well, how did flick get his tongue stuck to the pole did they actually have a kid <laughs> stick his tongue like was there adhesive involved give me a give me a thought Tony. well how do you think that he did that with his tongue i'm gonna be honest with you at I, I actually thought because i'm pretty sure that if you do something like that that can actually happen oh it does happen yes yeah and so i thought that they said hey listen <laughs> this is what's gonna happen we know how to you know get you off that pole when we're done 
Uh, it's going to burn for a while. Your tongue's going to swell up a little bit. Suck it up, Buttercup. I mean, I, I, I didn't know how else it could have possibly So you. So I, I'm assuming I'm wrong. When, when you hear how simple it was, I didn't know this either. If I didn't read, if yeah. I, and, and this actually wasn't in this article here, but I just, yeah. I, I read the, the eventual, like, how did they do that? Because, yeah, I kind of feel like they would get in trouble if they caused any harm, no sure. matter how minor, <laughs> to a child. God. But, uh, what a sissy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, this was 1983, so who knows? I mean, your your uh, uh, I can't believe we didn't try might, that. Might have been plausible. Yeah, um, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, so that said, though, they uh, of course this was 1940 in the 40s. This this took place. Um, that said, though, they actually used a vacuum. There was a small hole in the pole, and there was like a, a, a vacuum a suction. So his tongue was was like vacuumed to the. So I, like I'll the pole because, had a vacuum on it, it had a little yeah. hole, and yeah, because he was moving his tongue, it was stuck there. It was it was stuck off. there. That's why I yeah. said I think his tongue is really stuck on this. Yeah, pole. they did a great yeah. job making that yeah. tongue stuck. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, so flick flick uh, who? Yeah, flick flick who? That was the best. Walks. Anybody here yeah. see flick? Yeah. So um, so I mean, uh, so now we know that about Christmas story. I did not see the one uh, that just came out on I think it's on HBO Max. Am I, it am is, I, it yeah. is yes. Uh, I have not seen it yet. Uh, I know Ralphie's older, um, and uh, dad has passed away uh, because yeah. the actual actor has passed away. Right, uh, right. Uh, and, um, and that's all I know. Yeah. And I know so, a lot of the, I know the, a lot of the younger characters that are older now, the actual people are in the movie though. Correct? They are. Uh, yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, there's a storyline it's, it's worth following. It's not, it's not horrible. The storyline is not horrible. It's more of a nostalgic effect, right? Yeah. Like you want to say if it, if it was a, where are they now? Uh, documentary, I think we would be just as just as intrigued to watch, you know. Uh, and so it, it was it was interesting to see these guys to see what um, you know Grover Dill makes a makes a quick cameo appearance. Um, of course, uh, uh, Scott Farkas he's he's in it a little bit longer than than Grover, that's for sure. He's probably got a good 10, 15 minutes in there. I'm not going to give away any any now. This one I'm not going to give away any spoilers on. Um, you know, the Grover and, and, Dill. Did Grover Dill get any taller? Not, not in comparison to Scott Farkas. No. no okay. And and I got to tell you that the actor who plays that kid, boy, and I know it too. I know his name, and it's just it's escaping me. He still can do the face and everything. I mean, because they did an older version of of Scott Farkas. Yeah. The actor did, and he looked he looked just like the kid. Obviously, you said, well, it's the same person. No, it looks like he didn't age. <laughs> it yeah. was it was it was crazy, but. Yeah. Um, they they really did a a great job with with bringing a lot of the uh, characters back. Dad, yeah, in the very beginning, Dad is actually still alive. Uh, then Ralphie gets a call, so there's that. Uh, I mean, okay. a small small spoiler there, but yeah. you know, and and I, I'm not gonna lie, and this is what I'm saying. There's some nostalgic effect there when he first comes home and he starts hearing his dad. Uh, it, what I'm getting choked up. This is crazy. He starts hearing his dad. Um, saying some of his lines, some of his great lines. Yeah. Yeah. Don't anybody move. Yeah. Uses out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's looking around. It's that memory thing where it's right, kind of echoing. Right. And it, it, you know, he looks over here and he's looking at the steps and he hears, you look like a pink nightmare. You know, yeah. I mean, it's really something else when he first walks, it's like, wow, but something to remember. Ralphie's about 30 some years old in this. It originally started in the 1940s. It takes place in the 1970s. It took me a second to really gather what was going on. Like, why do things look the way that they are? And yeah, yeah. It actually it takes place in the 70s because otherwise Ralphie would be like 130. <laughs> How old would Ralphie be? Not 130. Not 130. He'd be older. He'd be, older. He'd be an old yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, he'd, he'd definitely be, be on social security. He'd definitely be retired. Um, and with his green. mom wouldn't be in it. it. His mom was actually not played by the same woman. His mom's played by, if you know, the stewardess. Now, I, I don't know her name. But it was the stewardess from the movie Airplane. Yeah, and I can't, I can't she think plays, of her name. She plays yeah. the bomb, and she does a great job at it. Yeah, She's, yeah. it's pretty good. So, yeah, uh, love the show. I think I, I would recommend it. Like I said, for any other reason, just for the nostalgic uh, uh, purposes of it, is, I think it was really cool. So, let me ask you: Is Christmas Story the the first one uh, a Christmas story? Is it the number one Christmas movie of all time? Mm. Now you got to really you know, think about this now. It's I mean, because so that's so subjective. 
Um, for me, yeah, because I was like nine when this came out. Yeah. And oh, I mean, the humor and everything that was just involved in it, and I've loved it so much even more every year. And then TBS with their twenty four seven Christmas story. <laughs> What's not to love? Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah. Um, I think other generations would probably look at things like It's a Wonderful Life or yeah. Miracle on 34th Street. They are classics. And yeah. we're going to talk about It's a Wonderful it, Life, too. It, it, they are classics. And It's a Wonderful Life. Um, was it George Bailey, the the George character Bailey. that uh, Jimmy Stewart plays? George Bailey. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I always thought, like, when I first was going to watch It's a Wonderful Life, I was older. I was in my late 20s. And I probably haven't seen it since I was probably in my mid-30s. So it's been a minute. But I remember the first time I was going to watch it, I thought, this is an older movie. And, okay, Jimmy Stewart, I get it. And this is Grandma's favorite movie. You know what I mean? And then I watched it. And Jimmy Stewart, first of all, is just fantastic in this movie. Sure. And in the way – and, folks, if you've never seen it – I. Boy, I hate to say this. How could this be a spoiler? This movie's 80 years old. Right. But, yeah. But, you know, he plays, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was a loan officer for a bank. And his fa- his fa- his, well, his father owned the company and he worked yeah. for his father. And he ends up stuck in this town, uh, Bedford Bedford Township or Bedford, Bedford Falls. Falls. Yeah. Bedford Falls. He, and he ends up t- stuck in this town his whole life. But he didn't want to do that. He wanted to travel the world. But somehow he felt it in his heart to help people. He always wanted to work with people and help mm-hmm. people. And I think uh, the rubber met the road at one point in his life. And he thought everything was coming to uh, just so many problems. And he, he's going to take his own life in the movie. And I think yeah. his guardian angel shows up or he does something. with. Is it Charles or is it his guardian angel, Clarence? Clarence. Clarence, yeah. Clarence, yeah. He was on the bridge and, and Clarence yeah. showed up. And that's yeah. when when and the it, actual movie starts. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not gonna go any further than that, but Clarence kind of shows him a lot of stuff. And you got if you haven't seen that, folks, seriously, I don't care how old you are or how old the movie is, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah. In fact, what what Clarence and you can even take one step further, Clarence shows him what it would be like if he never existed. Yeah, and so you you get that point of view, um, yeah. and, and that's for those who haven't seen it. I mean, and, and I venture to say that's how you. How have you know. never seen that movie? I mean, I, I don't, don't even. Know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now uh, uh, there are some of our younger listeners and viewers. They maybe they they've not. I, right. I recommend it. I think it's a great yeah. show. But yeah. I'll tell you this: here's a, a couple things on on it's a wonderful life. First of all, it started off as a 21 page Christmas card. <laughs> uh, Philip Van Doren Stern. Uh, was trying to put it out there for uh, you know somebody to pick up the movie, right? He's putting the story out there, and nobody would. So finally, made it into a 21-page Christmas card and started sending it out to everyone. And uh, that's when it was uh, David Hempstead, who was a producer at RKO Pictures. I'm reading this obviously. Uh, ended up getting a hold of it, and he purchased the rights for it for ten thousand dollars. But it, that's how it started. He just sent out a 21-page Christmas card on the idea. Uh-huh of what he was wanting to put together. Keep, um, keep in mind something here, folks. $10,000 back then is probably closer to $250,000 today. Yeah. Could uh, you imagine yeah. if you had invested $10,000 back then yeah. in this movie? That is, as a matter like, of fact, um, as a matter of fact, I believe George collects money at the end of the movie and it's like $25,000 if I'm not mistaken. And I don't and, remember. And everybody, everybody thinks, you know, when they see it now, oh, what's the big deal? Well, you have to go ahead and multiply that by 15 to yeah. figure out what the value would be today. Um, sure, so, sure. so there's that. And, and here's what's crazy, too. You were talking about Jimmy Stewart. Harry Grant was the original cast for that. Uh, and then it was Frank, Frank Capra uh, who stepped in and said that he wanted Jimmy Stewart for it. Um I believe Frank Capra was the director for that. I believe he, I, I believe he directed it, which okay, is interesting because yeah. there's a, there's a good segue into that. Uh, Cause we're going to talk about lastly, the uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. I've never seen that. There's a, there's a, there's a tie in there because Frank Capra, the third actually was an assistant director for Christmas vacation. Okay. Uh, and if you remember, they actually have a, a scene where they're showing somebody watching TV and it's George Bailey running down the road, right? From right. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and that's also where Donna Reed had her first main role. Um, 
who, let's see, uh, Mary Owen is not named after Mary, but we knew that. I'm just looking at a few of these other ones. Oh, it originally bombed at the box office. How about that? <laughs> you see, this is this it is put him whole... $525,000 in the hole, which is hilarious because, wow, this show, I mean, we everybody, even if you've not seen the movie, you've heard the title. I mean, yeah. it's that popular. You know, it's crazy to think that something like that would even happen. Um, yeah. it, it says, uh, uh, looking at a couple other things here. Oh, <laughs> the swimming pool. So there's a scene where they're all dancing in the gym and the gym opens up and some prankster goes and hits the button and it opens up and underneath the gym is a swimming pool. It's the high school swimming pool. Do you know who the person is that hit the button? I do not. <laughs> Carl Switzer. AKA Alfalfa from the Little Rascals. Oh, never knew this. Never knew that. Ever, ever knew that. That is hilarious. It was actually shot in a heat wave. Um, <laughs> the girl who played Zuzu for Zuzu's pedals. I do not know his his daughter. Uh, the little daughter. She had Zuzu's pedals. Yeah, he had him. He had him in his jacket pocket. I don't know if you remember that. You got you got a lot of trivia here that I, I think the people older than us would would absolutely yeah, exactly. they're, they're they're like probably yelling right now at the screen because they know the answer i don't know the answer well um, zuzu uh she actually did the group played that didn't actually see it's a wonderful life till 1980 <laughs> so there's that so she played the part but she didn't see the actual movie until 1980 right. when the movie was already uh 40 years old almost so let me ask you this question. Who was the director of the FBI in the 1940s? Uh, was really big into the communist infiltration. Oh, my goodness. Of the- uh, <laughs> how in the world can I not wait a minute? You, I can't remember. And I just watched a whole, a whole show about him. I don't remember. I don't so, remember. So side mission on that one. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. He, uh, the, the FBI watched it's a wonderful life and totally they couldn't stand it they didn't like the fact that that uh it, it was a rather obvious attempt to discredit bankers by casting lionel perrymore as a scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture this according to these sources is a common trick used by the communists <laughs> could you imagine if that was uh, it was bad back then. I could, 1940s, it, 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 let me tell you and, something and now i gotta look that up too because i know who it is and I so to the director of the fbi back then that we're going to find out right now um you'd be amazed at what we do now in order to uh you know change people's minds and views in terms of the communist party but um j edgar hoover j edgar hoover wow yeah right Okay, so there's that. I don't know how I didn't know that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, one other thing for those of you who are thinking that Ernie and Bert, the police officer and cab driver, are some sort of call out or call back to uh, some sort Sesame, of Sesame Street, Street yeah. or vice versa, because Sesame Street would have came afterwards. Right. Well, I think that says it in itself. It was never meant to be, uh, you know, and we don't know that Ernie and Bert from Sesame Street. I don't know why they would even put that in here. Maybe Ernie Sesame and Bert from Sesame Street. Well, maybe maybe Ernie and right. Bert from Sesame Street came from the movie. Right. right. So, may have came from the movie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sesame There's Street something. was more the late 60s, early 70s when that started. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just I just read a thing about it because Bob Harper. He passed uh, away. Yeah, yeah, he just passed away. So. Yeah. But, you know, and as promised, we talked about uh, our next thing here. We were going to talk about National Lampoon's Vacation, which 27 fun facts. Dear God. I, I mean, I think we could just sit here and cast out one-liners uh-huh. and come out with and come up with just uh, so much content. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it's just unreal. This is a movie where you can watch it a hundred times. And if it came on the next day, you would watch it in its entirety again. It, it, it's it's just one of those movies where you can't get enough of the one-liners. The, the acting is fantastic. The comedy is hilarious. Everybody in the movie is hilarious. It doesn't matter. I think that's one of the things that makes this movie so funny. It's not always about, you know, Chevy Chase being in, in the in the limelight, Clark. It was even when when his in-laws were, were, you know, were doing their thing or when obviously cousin Eddie, um, obviously even, even his, even Helen, even his wife, uh, was hilarious in the movie. Um, 
The one thing about the vacation movies uh, that always threw me off, though, when you talk about Christmas Vacation, I could never figure out if Audrey was older than Rusty or if Rusty was older than Audrey. It's it's confirmed here Audrey was older than Rusty. So it didn't, but I... It got really messed up between vacation, European vacation, Christmas vacation, and then Vegas vacation. It was always a, it was like, who's older? Yeah. It was, and, and, and it didn't help that they kept changing the kids too. Well, that too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> didn't yeah for sure. Uh, so, so one of the things with Christmas vacation was actually based on a short story called Christmas 59. And the callback to that was when Clark got stuck in the attic and he's watching, it says Christmas 1955. Really it was, yeah, that, that the whole old real thing that he was watching. Um, that's, you know, what that was all about, but yeah, apparently it was, it was originally going to be called Christmas 59, which that would have been interesting. I think, um, here's something that just, I, I never knew any of this. I can't read all that. It's entirely too much. Um, and I'm not sure who half those people are, so we're not gonna. We're just gonna move along. Yeah, just move uh, along from that. Uh, who was? Uh, I do know that John Hughes was a producer for uh, the movie. He didn't direct that movie. He directed Vacation, I believe, but he did not. He he pr- helped produce Christmas Vacation, which is why Chevy has the Chicago Bears hat on as a yeah. shout out to Chicago, where John Hughes is from. And we did that whole thing on John Hughes and the fact that almost all his movies were always filmed somewhere around Chicago and he used his own alma mater, his own high school in several yeah. of his movies. Yeah. So there's that, but um, yeah, I mean, Christmas vacation, a lot of people will argue that that's their favorite Christmas movie ever. Um, Miracle uh, on 34th street. It's a wonderful life, which is another of the oldies, but goodies um, where anybody who has not seen that, that's where a uh, gentleman who calls himself Chris Kringle uh, I believe takes over in uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving parade for the guy playing Santa Claus in the parade because he's drunk. So he has to fill in for him, right? Because he kind of looks like Santa Claus, this mm-hmm. Chris Kringle guy. He ends up winning the hearts over of everybody. Macy's takes him on as their Santa Claus. Then he starts telling people that he is Santa Claus for real. And, they end up in court, I think. It might not, I, I, I seen this a long time ago, but they they want to. They're trying him on his his sanity. Basically, they're saying he's crazy, that he should be fired, that he should be yeah. removed from, and and he is his whole mission is to convince everybody that he truly is Santa Claus, which is a pretty cool for how old that movie is. It, it's it's a great movie. It really is, I think. I mean, so there's another older movie that people argue is the greatest Christmas movie ever. Yeah, well, certainly. And and here's another, and I'll tell you right now, there's one that kind of goes along the lines of that, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, uh, we would be remiss not to talk about Cousin Eddie real quick. Uh, you know, which, go figure, it's actually Randy Quaid's best-known character. I mean, of course, you know. Yeah, it, for it, sure. When that, when that movie comes out every, every, every year, I mean, it's on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, syndicate we all see it what's well, not just that he's in all the vacation movies well yeah but you know so cousin eddie and the thing is he based it upon a guy that he grew up with around uh, uh he grew up around this guy in texas um and it says that he had based that you know on him um however the dicky sweater combo the white sweater with the black dicky that was actually his wife's brilliancy Put, put on display in the movie so oh, when they're grocery they're shopping yeah. yeah well no no, no. uh after they're drinking the eggnog eggnog and, yeah yeah and he breaks oh, he, the little he, candle film yeah. thing that they got and, it falls apart <laughs> you know, it just all falls apart so yeah. but yeah that was that one now the, what i was going to say with miracle on 34th street there's one that is kind of like that and it's a newer one and i recommend it to everybody christmas chronicles and christmas chronicles 2 now i'm not going to go on and on about those ones but it has kurt russell goldie hahn uh as santa mr and mrs claus um wonderful shows but i mean for, for if you're looking to start you have younger kids and, and you're looking to start like a new tradition definitely something to uh uh, or a show to watch and it's great because now there's two of them out there it's at least three hours of christmas movie time to sit back and enjoy i mean it's just right. a great time. i have not seen them yet i've seen I've, i always see the you know the ads and the pictures and of kurt and goldie and 
and I have not yet watched them. So obviously that's got to be on the to-do list. Oh, it's really good. Really good. Yeah. All right. So listen, I'm going to talk about uh, the top 10. Not yet. I see. No, 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 no. Not yet. You, you're you not going to be talking about that just yet. And uh, we forgot about one movie. Oh, okay. One Christmas movie. All right. Let's, let's, let's hear it. That everybody tries to tell me on a regular basis. Oh, okay. Is okay, not, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Is not cold. Hold the Christmas cookies, everybody. Hang on to your Christmas cookie trays. You know what? Hold on to the movie. Hold on to the movie. We're gonna right. do that. We're gonna do that. But one thing we we're, we're forgetting to do here, and we got to make sure we do this. Yeah. A word from our sponsor. Yes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Two Brothers One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Once again, we're talking about Kitchen Abs, but this time we're talking about their great selection of pancake mixes you can order right from their site. Now, whether you like blueberry cobbler, strawberry shortcake, they even have banana nut bread super cakes. You can rest assured, Kitchen Abs has you covered. And maybe you're not a fan of all these flavors, or prefer something a little more traditional, then the buttermilk flavored mix would be the perfect fit for your breakfast. The best part about all of this These mixes are made from scratch with top-of-the-line ingredients that are all nutritionally balanced. And with up to 36 grams of protein per serving, you just can't go wrong. Now, for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. I, I let out this time. I know Tony's gotten used to it. He's been doing it all those. He did it all last season and he just figures, well, I'll lead back in. Well, you know what? Welcome back, everybody. Tony. (laughs) Oh, you want to do it now. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. So, 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 and and I was actually going to go to a sponsor for our sponsors out there. I was going to go to them after this movie, before we got into the Christmas cookies uh, that Joe wants to talk about. And I think everybody knows where I'm going with this. I believe it was 1988, uh, Christmas 1988, where there was a big party going on in Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. And one uninvited guest with no socks and shoes on took out an entire terrorist group, uh, Hans and the boys. And people are trying to tell me, Joe, that this is not a Christmas movie. It was a Christmas party. There's a tree the size of my apartment building here in the middle of the lobby, all lit up. Everybody's there having Christmas cheer. They're celebrating um, uh, the Nakatomi Corporation just landed a huge business deal, and they're celebrating it. They're having their annual Christmas party when Hans and his friends uh, unwantingly show up to take over and ruin Christmas cheer. And everything that if you listen to the end of the movie, what song's playing? It's snowing outside. It, it is Christmas. This is a Christmas movie. It was about the Grinch trying to steal Christmas from Bruce Willis. You took and, you took it right from me. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, there's the Grinch. But listen, I'll do you one more. Yes. If we can agree that based upon all of this, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon 1 should be one as well. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. But uh, did you know this? Folks, I wonder if anybody else out there knew this. Bruce Willis was actually supposed to be... Mel Gibson's character and Lethal Weapon. Yes. And Lethal Weapon's character, Mel Gibson, was almost diehard. And they almost they were almost they really they really could be interchangeable. They could 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 easily both doing it, yeah. Easily. Easily. But there's there's some fun field facts. I will definitely say that Lethal Weapon One was a was a Christmas movie. I could almost see Mel Gibson playing the part of Hans. I mean, I'm not talking about the accent, but I could see him. I don't know because. He'd be an excellent bad guy. I don't know because, oh my goodness, look it up. Who was the gentleman who played Hans? Who was the actor that played Hans? Oh, yeah, another one too. He's a, a, a huge name. Yeah, a huge <laughs> and name. And he, just, pa- just, he not, just passed away recently. He just passed too. away not that long. But I can't possibly see anybody else playing Hans. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Um, there's a picture that I, I took a snapshot of it that I want to get blown up. Uh, when we have our studio, ladies and gentlemen, you'll see this picture because it's going to be on the wall behind me. It's of all the terrorists all dressed up posing in the lobby of the Nakatomi building. 
uh, during that uh, wonderful evening that they uh, that the they were celebrating. Yeah, the siege. Yeah. And um, and this this picture is so cool, but um, definitely. But what's his name? Alan Rickman. Yes, also played fantastic character in, I believe, Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. So no, he wasn't snow. I can't remember what, uh, what what the name was. I never really watched any of the the Harry Potter, so yeah. I won't even try to <laughs> try to say that I. <laughs> I won't even try yeah. to pretend I know he was. Like, he was. Um. So you know, there's that. Now on to something that I think a lot of people would agree can be very important, and that's our Christmas cookies. And again, this is a based upon, or based well, all recipes put together this list, not me. So don't shoot the messenger. But honestly, they're cookies, and I don't think they're they're bad at all. Uh, it's the top ten Christmas cookie list. All right, okay. so so number ten, we have cranberry pistachio biscotti. Can't say I've ever had it, but I I could say I want it. Uh, cranberry pistachio biscotti. Tony, what do you think? You like biscotti? You said cranberry, and that was it. I don't want it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. See, the pistachio sounds like it would be really great with it. Okay, Maybe. so then we have we have chocolate crinkles. Uh, I don't know. They look like powdered sugar chocolate cookies. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Okay. I, I, well, I guess yeah, I, can, I guess. Uh, I don't understand how that could be eight, nine, but eight would be raspberry and almond shortbread thumb thumbprints. Uh, you know, they have like the jam in the center yeah. of them. Yeah. I don't, see I don't know. Chocolate. I'm not, like, see, I'm not into the, I, 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 I can, I can deal with jelly and I can deal a little bit with the apricot and this, and that, but those are not my favorite cookies. I'm not a big fan yeah, of the jelly yeah. fill and the apricot fill. I'm not. Me neither. Never yeah. was. Never was. Yeah. And I'm, I'm an ex-cop. I never liked jelly filled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was a Boston cream guy. You All said right. it, not me. Yeah. Linzer tarts. Not even sure. Powdered, powdered sugar something. Uh, then we have number six, oatmeal raisin cookies. Okay. I, lo- I like oatmeal raisin cookies. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty All right. good. Yeah. I, I guess they're perfectly placed there. Then we have big soft ginger cookies, gingerbread cookies. I like gingerbread cookies. We're going to talk about those in a minute too. If they're if they're if they're on the plate with the apricot and the jelly, I'll go for the gingerbread cookies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. Yeah. Uh, then we have snickerdoodles. Oh, why not? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, then we have sugar cookies. Number three, number two, rolled sugar cookies. These things look pretty awesome. They got like their sugar cookies with icing and marshmallows. I'll okay. try them. Yeah, why not? Okay. I, I don't. I, I mean, if I'm having a sugar cookie, I'm going all in. You know, I, yeah. And I, I, I'm a little nervous here. What's number one? Oh, come on! You know what number one is? Number one, big the best big fat chewy chocolate chip cookies. Come on, of course it is. It's got to be chocolate chip cookies. Now, I personally would have said M M&M and M cookies, the reds and greens. I have a problem with this. That, but yeah. what you what, what 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 would your number one pick be? Close pin cookies. Yeah, I don't know that that's – let's see if it even made the list because there's more than 10 here. Um, what are these people? That's what I want to know. All Recipe? It's, it's yeah. kind of a big name. I don't know. Oh, it, not, it actually didn't even make the list. They have uh, the Peanut wow. Blossoms, of course, are there. Buckeyes are there. Uh, shortbread okay. Cookie. I mean, yes, these are all really Russian tea cakes. Uh, what are, what are the ones with the Reese's Cups in the middle? You know what I'm talking about? The Reese's Cup is in the middle, peanut butter, and... That's the Buckeyes. They're chocolate-covered, and they have the peanut butter on the inside? Those are Buckeyes, but the actual Reese's Cup is inside, and then around it is a cookie, uh, like a cookie. Or are you crust. talking about the Hershey Kick? Uh, kick. Hershey Kiss. Maybe that's what they are. Maybe that's All right, what they yeah, are. The, those are the peanut blossoms. Okay. Yeah, those are those are really good. I like those. Yeah. That's like I... a giant Hershey Kiss. I remember younger, I used to... Just go in and snap off all the Hershey kisses. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just got a bunch of blossoms. I don't think yeah. they complained unless I got caught. Then, I, Well, we did a lot of things with cookies when we were younger that uh, I, we, all know, we, all know, there. we all know the story of of uh, Joe being blamed. If you follow Two Brothers, One Mike, uh, I don't remember what, what year it was, but I think I ate – three or four pans of clothespin cookies and blame Joe for it before the actual holiday. And it didn't come out until I think like Thanksgiving of, you know, the thing is 2009. I, yeah. It, the the crazy know? part about that all is he had me believing I did it. Yeah, I, I really it, did. It really wasn't, it really wasn't something I wouldn't do. I was a manipulator. <laughs> I, I was a manipulator. I think he just, yeah. I think he just made it to me. He made it to them before me. I, 
it, it got to a point. I'm like, maybe I did. I don't. I, I don't convinced know. myself that you Ooh. ate them. Yeah, that, that's how bad that was. That's how bad that was. So yeah, that is that. There's is. that. So we talk about chocolate, uh, chocolate, uh, chocolate chip cookies. We talk about Christmas cookies. And uh, you know, earlier I'd mentioned about having uh, tradition and what have you. Um, you know what? I'm going to actually now. Now let, let's go ahead and do this now. And then we'll 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 break for another sponsor. Uh, you know, traditions and cookies. It's kind of fun when we can mix the two together. And it was funny. Um, I want to say this was ooh, this was probably about four years ago. I'd written a small story, a short story, if you will, uh, probably should make its way into Reader's Digest at some point, but uh, I thought it was pretty fun. I know it, it's gotten a few kicks uh, over the time that I've read it to people or they've had a chance to read it. I've put it on social media. It's a little lengthy. So, you know, people are like, yeah, I'm not reading that. And they just moved on. But it's, that said, if I put it right here, yeah, you could scrub forward or maybe I can spark your interest to listen to the whole thing. It's really not that long folks, but uh, it's something that has become a, a tradition now. Um, it's just a funny story that sparked this tradition over, over years. And actually we're looking forward to partaking this upcoming weekend. So, uh, without any further ado, Tony, is there anything you want to add here before I? No, I, I could. I uh, for everybody out there, this will be the first time I'm hearing this. Um, okay. I did. I've never heard this before either. So, all right. So the title of it is Gingerbread House Cookies. Okay, it all started innocently enough. The doorbell rings, and as I open the front door, I see the tail lights of that big brown truck driving up the street. This means there's a package somewhere. Even more enjoyable, though, an unexpected package. A gift? Gifts? Maybe. Or is it just our regular monthly subscribe and save items we receive every month? <sighs> Only one way to find out. I spot the box. There, right under the mailbox, laying in the snow. I open it after taking oh <laughs> I open it after taking note of the return address and realize this is from my father-in-law, Jack, who lives in Kansas. No doubt these are Christmas presents for my children to enjoy in just eight more days. But wait. There's something else. Oh, it's a gingerbread house. Actually, it was described as a manor on the outside of the box. And by the size of it, it certainly qualified as one. After running through the house with the wrapped gifts using my ninja-like stealth moves that I'm known for, I hid them before the kiddos are aware of the presents being present. Sorry. I announced to the family we have a project in store for the very near future. Dinner is over. And the kids are just beyond ecstatic to start building a house made from every child's personal source of energy, sugar. We open the box and that sweet smell of a gingerbread cookie fills the room. With all of the building materials on the coffee table, I start to mortar the walls together with a thick layer of icing on each side. The roof goes on, then the front door, the back door, driveway, attic, spare room, mother-in-law suite, home theater, and indoor swimming pool. This certainly was a manor. Everything is together when I start to notice the roof sliding just a bit. So I began holding it while the, ice, while the icing would dry. After about 15 minutes, I let go. and We start to work on the outdoor pool house and horse stable when it happens. It was quick and there was no stopping the entire manor from falling fast. It was as if it, was as if it were part of a professional demolition team's demonstration. One second up, next down. And of course, parts of the manor cracked and crumbled as well, rendering any chance of reconstructing this magnificent creation into a complete impossibility. Of course, this was cause for a great saddening of the children. Now what? The ink on the building permit I had to obtain for this monstrosity had barely dried, and yet the manor was already condemned. Then I realized we still have all of these huge pieces of gingerbread icing and a huge variation of candies, which were meant to decorate the outside of the, of the building. Hmm. Then it clicked. Break each wall and rooftop into smaller pieces. Use the tremendous amount of icing to decorate and top each piece with candy. Easy peasy. And the kids loved it. They got to decorate each piece how they wanted and completely to their liking. And that's when I realized we now have a new Christmas tradition to enjoy every year from now on. December 17th, 2017 would be the birth of the gingerbread house cookie. It was the day it all came together and then fell apart and then came together again. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that was uh, 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 a real fun time. And I'll tell you, I'll probably have a picture up on the screen of that one as well. Uh, I think you guys uh, will enjoy 
or will at least appreciate what I'm speaking of when I say just how large this, this was a huge, uh, a mother-in-law suite. Um, oh yeah it had everything of course i'm exaggerating a little bit in there but oh boy did it have so much uh it just it, i probably could have fit horses in it it was big um you know but that said so uh yeah i thought that was just a fun little story something to share and hey you know we put together these gingerbread houses and then nobody wants to break them apart nobody's gonna eat them what do you do with them uh, they get solid you know like a rock and you throw them away so this way at least everybody could take a piece you know, every once in a while, I have a actually eat the cookie that is made of it. I only get the chocolate chip ones now, and um, I, I find that they're they're far more tasty than you know the gingerbread, especially the ones that come with tootsie rolls and more chocolate stuff. For the if you haven't picked up on it, Beyond Pizza chocolate is kind of a staple for me. So I think it's a staple for everybody. I don't know anybody who doesn't like chocolate. Although there are some people that'll tell me they haven't had chocolate in ten fifteen years. And I pray for them. I mean, that's all I can do. Uh, no, no, that's, that's horrible. That's yeah, horrible. That don't make sense so, to me. But <laughs> you have anything else on your end? I, I have some other things here, but I don't want to just. Well, I think first what we want to do. No, I think what we want to do. Um, I know that we want to talk a little bit about music here um, uh, as we get closer to the end of the show today. But um, let's hear from uh, another one of our sponsors here. And when we come back, let's talk music and whatever else we could think of. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by YSN, your sports network, loyal, local, live. Hey everyone, it's Joe from Two Brothers, One Mike. For all of our sports enthusiasts out there from the Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania area with busy schedules, we know you can't always make it to the big game. Well, we have some great news for you. Now is your chance to listen or watch your favorite high school teams compete on the YSN network. Covering multiple sports from more than 50 area high schools, as well as Youngstown State University Baseball and the Mahoney Valley Scrappers, and so much more. What's that? No longer live in the Northeastern Ohio or Western Pennsylvania area? No problem. You can go to YSNlive.com on any browser or download the YSN Live app, available on both the App Store and Google Play. So you can listen wherever you'd like to start your sports binge and streaming experiences today. Now back to our podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so Joe uh, just gave us a, that was yeah that was a that was a short story that was I don't yeah, know how just long a few, it was. just a few paragraphs really yeah 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 four or five minutes, minutes. Um, and um, we we've so we we heard Joe's story which is uh, is a true story it's 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 a nonfiction. Uh, it, it's a true story about what took place five years ago um, with his mansion of a gingerbread house that I have not seen. I don't. I, I have not seen it. Where Where is this thing at in your house? Oh no, it's it's gone now. Like I said, it all fell apart. It broke apart. We ate it. I thought you said you put yeah. it back together again. Oh yeah, and then and then well yeah, together again, meaning because we made cookies out of it. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick yeah, up yeah. on that. I yeah. didn't pick up on that. Not to mention a gingerbread house after five years. I probably shouldn't have something like that hanging around. <laughs> that's yeah, probably know. not gonna that's probably not gonna be too good. <laughs> no, no, you probably will not want to eat the gingerbread house. Um and and uh is there something else you want to get into before we talk about music? No, actually I have something after. Uh and and but you know, again. So you want to go music first? We'll go music. Yeah, let's do music first. Hey, did go you music. have any? I, I know that we had talked in the past. Boy, I just can't remember the order. But let me ask you, if you were to pick, it doesn't have to be. I know, again, we talked about, I think, last year, uh, what your top, like, five Christmas yeah. songs would be. Uh, and so, I mean, whether you remember or not, it's irrelevant. Um, what would you say today, uh, just to see where, where you would fall on this list, if you're within the top 12 of the top 12 Christmas songs of all time? So this is going to be a mixture probably of, of 80s Christmas music and then classics. Well, um, yeah, it's top 12 of all time, so. Yeah, Um I'm going to tell you right now, folks, uh, you can laugh all you want to, but I can't, I can't say for sure if it's number one or not, but it's, it's close. Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is, 
a, just a fantastic Christmas song. And I know that it ignites and triggers so many people these days with all the memes and the GIFs you see on on uh, social media. And it's like people are so irritated by this song. Let me tell you something. If you can't sing like that woman, then just, you know what, zip it. <laughs> just zip it. Um, that is a fantastic song. It really is. So, Joe, I, I don't know if that's number one. I got to tell you, one of my favorite 80s groups is George Michael and Andrew Ridgely, Wham! And Last Christmas, they've tried to remake that song a couple times now, several bands. Some of you people who have tried to remake it, you're, you're, it's horrendous. Stop. Uh, some of you people, who it you sound like you're in harmony. It's still not Wham! It's still not George Michael's voice. And, and... It doesn't sound right, but but I have to say for sure that that that's one of my favorite. And then uh, a wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney. That's, I mean, that, that's more seventies, I believe, maybe early eighties. But that's another one of my one of my favorites. Well, then you get into the classics, though, right? Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong, but. I believe it was Burl Ives who sang the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And if anybody's wondering who Burl Ives is, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the cartoon, the claymation cartoon uh, that everybody used to only get to see once a year, Joe, uh, come out and you had to wait for it. And it was like three and a half hours long because the commercials were 20 minutes long. Uh, If you actually watched it without any commercials, it's like an hour and 15 minutes long. But... Burl Ives plays the snowman, I believe, in that claymation, uh, where he's where he sings. Um, uh, oh no, not not Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, uh, Holly Jolly Christmas. Yes, that was yeah. because Gene Autry. Uh, Autry was the first one to do Rudolph. Rudolph the Red it was Gene Autry, and so it was Holly Jolly Christmas with Burl Ives. Gene Autry with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right. Uh, remember Chuck Berry? Johnny, sure. Be, Johnny Be Good? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, then he did his Christmas song, Run, Rudolph, Run, uh, yeah. with kind of the same kick as Johnny Be Good, um, if you can remember that. There was that one. Um, I'm trying to think of, I, you know, I'm trying to think of who else. Um well, who are yours? Why well, I, I can't I can't think of like there's so I'm many. I'm a Rat Pack. I, I, I'll tell you this: I'm a Rat Pack guy. Frank uh, Sinatra. Yeah, I mean Dean Martin and Sammy. Uh, you know, uh, they you could actually look up uh, Christmas with the Rat Pack, and they have like a good 13, 14 songs that they did on this album. And yeah, it's it's like my go-to between that Trans Siberian Orchestra. Which, I mean, Carol of the, Carol of the Bells. Oh, th- is a workout song, song for me. I was just gonna say that song gets uh, me pumped. I can't. I I almost feel like you know that one part of um uh, Phil Collins that we all know where we all do the drums in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean it's that same pump every time that I hear uh, uh, Carol of the Bells. Like I I mean when that thing starts hitting, I'm like yeah. I'm, I'm directing. <laughs> Who yeah. does that? I'm directing in the car, and I don't care yeah, who's absolutely. watching. And if I look over, usually there's other people doing it because they're listening to the same song I am. But anyways, so yeah, I'm a Rat Pack guy. A Rat Pack guy. Um, I, I like all of their stuff. Uh, and then there's, you know, just numerous ones, like you said, that are speckled around. Probably one of my all-time favorites. It's actually a blues one. Um, and it's uh, by Char- uh, Charles Brown. And I had to look up the title of it because I never really knew the title. I just know how it starts. And it was, uh, please come home for Christmas. If not by Christmas, by New Year's night. Um, if not for Christmas by New Year's Day. Yeah. I, I, that, came, that, that reminded me of Elvis, Blue Christmas. Yeah, yeah. sure, Blue Christmas. Yeah. And the reason why, you know, that's one of the ones that I used to love at, um, I, we used to hear at our, you know, we all had that one house that we went to for Christmas. For us, it was our Uncle Frank and our Aunt Joyce's house. Mm-hmm. And there was always the Christmas music. We had all the, all the hustle and bustle downstairs of people eating 
you know, drinking and having fun. Right. And then upstairs, there was the quiet room. Uh, it was just, it was just a sitting room and it was the, just the softest playing music. And it was always, and I could sit there all night long. Just the, the atmosphere was just awesome. And yeah. when that song came on, it was just something that always stuck with me. So I've always yeah. loved that. Um, so, but enough I, of I, our opinion. I do. I do. I do have one more. I want to throw in there. Sure. Good. Uh, happy holidays. The song, happy holidays. Uh, Andy, Andy, Will, Andy Williams, Andy Williams is the name that's sticking in my head. I believe he's the original singer. It's happy holidays, Andy Williams. I want to say it's Andy Williams, but that's another song that um, it, it's just a classic Christmas feel. It's a classic, classic Christmas feel. So, so there's, there's so many, there's, there's thousands. I mean, really? Well, let's look, let's, let's hear what Billboard had to say for their top 12. So number 12. You had mentioned it, but you didn't mention it as one of yours. Elvis Presley, Blue Christmas. Okay. It was out in 1957. Uh, number 11. Oh, boy. Uh, looks like Vince Guaraldi Trio. Christmas Time is Here. Oh, that is a really good one as well. Mm. Um, Donna Hathaway, This Christmas. This That's a really good song. Jose Feliciano, Feliz Navidad. That just well, that just popped in my head. But go ahead. Number nine is Bruce Springsteen. Santa Claus is coming to town. I'm I not a fan. Not, I do listen. I no. I don't know why the boss ever became the boss. I'm not certain why he became as big as he as he did when he did. Um, I know some people that would want you slain right now. I can't stand his voice. I cannot stand it. Mm-hmm. I, I he sounds like he smokes three packs of cigarettes a day. I, I just it just it irks me. I don't like Bruce Springsteen. Never have. Never. I like one. I, I like one song from him. That's it. But go ahead. What? Born in the USA? No, Dancing in the Dark. Oh, okay. Born in the USA. Sure. I love the, I love, well, the, yeah, it was all, it was, a I love the theme of thing. it. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. the theme of it. I don't like him singing it. Anyways, I don't feel that this one should even be on the list. Also, even so, I, I, even Bruce Springsteen should have, should have um, been better than this one. Run DMC Christmas and Follies. <laughs> now I love the video. The video was hilarious. Yeah. Come on. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're telling me that that's, Okay, let's see what's let's see what's what's better. Yeah. Jose Feliciano, Feliz Navidad. Thank you. Y prospero año y felicidad. Yeah. All right. Then we have Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. Okay. Bing Crosby, White Christmas, number five, 1947. That came out, White Christmas. Yes. Awesome. Uh number four, Wham, last Christmas. Thank you. There it is, number four, a very good pick. Then we have, this is one of my all-time favorites, uh, The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. As oh, yeah, three. yes, yes. By far one of the uh, uh, one of the best. Yeah, for sure. Um, Darlene Love, Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home. It's in 1963. And then the number one. See, this bothers me because Bruce Springsteen, and Run DMC made it before any, well, he wasn't Rat Pack, but being Crosby, before any Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, or or Sammy Davis, he made it before, really, they made, they're better than- Earl Ives, Andy Williams, I think it was on, Andy Billboard. Williams, Happy Holiday, yeah, that's bad. Come on, Billboard, that, that don't make any sense. Right. Number one, Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. Well, Christmas. I mean, you know- but we Sorry, knew folks. Yeah, we knew that. That was th- this was actually put out this year, and I've already. I think this is old news. We knew this, didn't we? Yeah. And it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm dying to know if it was Andy Williams that sang "Happy Holidays." I love that song. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I'm pretty sure I know which one you're talking about. It was a no. That's Holiday Inn. Happy Holidays, Andy Williams. Yeah, yep, yeah, I love that song. Yeah. Um, I can't. It, it, and he wasn't in there. I, I'm sorry. You, they got that wrong. They 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 really got it wrong in a lot of yeah, ways. I think so. So you know, with that all said, uh, one of the other things I wanted to to do here, um, I, I do this. This is something else I've been doing for the past seven years, and I, I think it's 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 fun. Uh, Tony, you may mention. Oh no! Oh okay. no! Right. I I could. Oh, I was going to go, I was going to go make dinner while you did yeah, that. I, was, come I back. wasn't going to do that to them oh. though, you know, <laughs> okay. All right. uh, but we had, um, 
I, I put out a video every year. I do this just to kind of give people a little laugh at my expense. Oh, you know, I know what you're I talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Tony made mention like, boy, we should do this on the podcast. We'd have a million hits. So, okay. So I'll do I don't know that. About that. But yeah. So if you pay attention to my screen, I'm going to cut to that video real quick. It's just a three minute thing. I don't know if you guys remember a while ago. Uh, I can't even remember who was doing this, but it was called Elf Yourself. <laughs> and you know, you could put different pictures in of like your kids and you and the elves, they would impose their faces onto these elves and they would dance around. Well, I got so fed up. My daughter was doing this and my aunt's son, you know, as young as they were, but they were doing this all through the year. And constantly I kept hearing the same music and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to make one that destroys all of theirs. And so I just made a bunch of goofy faces. And so without further ado, here's me elfing myself. Hmm. Okay, so there you have it, right? Uh, mm. Elf yourself. It's right there in the name. I don't know. Tony, <laughs> what do you got? What do you no, think? I, when you first, no, when you first put that out, it's been a while, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was, I thought it was hilarious. I thought you... I, you did more than one, I thought. Was that the only one you ever did, or were, there were there were a few other? And I'll be, I cannot find any of them. Even yeah. that one there, I had to screen grab. Um, I I used to have it. I, I I had it saved on my phone for the longest time, but I had to actually screen grab that one. I, I actually want to see you actually dance like that. Is what I want to see. Can oh, you God. actually dance like that? I really the how? <laughs> Not with this back. I'm just I'm just no. Oh, I could do it once, hmm. and then I'll be it. But to put it this way, I could try it once. Yeah, <laughs> and then that. that's it. Yeah, that'll be it. That's it. That's yeah. it. Then you'll be and doing it. the podcast, laying flat on your back. And he says Frank Yannick will be making a bundle off me after that. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Doctor Frank Yannick is a chiropractor. For all of you who don't know who that is, um, so I mean, basically, Joe, uh, this was you know it just uh, it was an off the cuff. We were just talking about different. Uh, uh, you know, we're having a good time with with the holiday. Uh, and different aspects of the holiday from music to movies to cookies to your ridiculousness when it comes to thinking you're an elf dancing on screen and all those things, your Christmas, uh, you, your four-minute Christmas story that you told everybody. We want to add to that show as time goes on. You were talking about possibly a variety show with singing oh, yeah. and everything in the near Definitely. future. Um, and so who knows, by next year, um, we may have all that put together. But uh, I guess the big the big thing now is we're moving into episode two of season five and what is in store for us when it comes to that. All right. So I'm reading this one right off the phone. I, I sure. haven't had a chance. Usually I go over these things and, and especially a show like today, there's just a, no time to really mm-hmm. <laughs> do all That's that. All right. but, That's all right. So next week's show, folks, truly a fantastic interview. Uh, Amber Lansman Butcher is back. We spoke to her before about the carnivore diet. Yes. Uh, she's back and she's going to be bringing with her, her husband, Michael. Sure is Michael Butcher. Right. Wanted to make sure that I was getting that right. Thank yeah. you. Thank goodness I did. Uh, yeah. I could always edit it, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, Tony, anything else you want to add to it? Yeah. Michael and Amber are going to be on the show. And you know, these are, uh, again, like Joe just said, when Amber Landsman Butcher was on the show, uh, she uh, is an exercise science major. Um, I believe if you go back and listen to an interview with Amber Landsman Butcher, uh, the beginning of the show when I introduce her, the resume is half the show. 
Um, she has a lot under her belt. Uh, she has a lot going on with you know, different certifications, the um, uh, different degrees, uh, her background, her extensive experience in exercise science. And she talks all about the carnivore diet and why it worked for her when it comes to the amount of inflammation that she had in her body and how the carnivore diet worked for her to reduce that inflammation and make her feel a lot better uh, from a health standpoint, from a mental, you know, from a cognitive uh, standpoint. And, and so that was a fantastic interview with her. She's back, like Joe just said. She brings with her her husband, Michael Butcher. And um, folks, this gentleman can make a conversation about prizes in a Cracker Jack box and how not to use milk when you make macaroni and cheese, he could turn that into one of the most intellectual conversations you've ever, ever been involved in. He is extremely intelligent in his background and what he does, his research, um, working with the uh, university, Youngstown State University. Um, we're not going to talk. We'll, when we introduce them, we'll talk a little bit about his research and what he does, what his background is in terms of muscle, you know, in terms of uh, muscularity, uh, how he works with animals to understand the differences between human physiology and animal physiology and how he travels the world doing this. Those will be in other shows. But what those two are going to bring to this show is more of a shoulders up, more of a couples thing. So for all our married couples out there, they're going to talk about the dynamic of marriage. And they're going to talk about with their busy lifestyles. I've just given you about 1% of their lifestyle. Um, how they make that dynamic work, how they take the bad and turn it good, how they take the ugly and make it pretty, and how that dynamic works together with them uh, as they... Uh, go through this thing or get through this thing called life. Uh, it's a lot more in depth and in detail than that. And and again, we're not going to talk so much in detail about, um, you know, human physiology versus animal physiology. We're not going to talk so much about exercise science. We might dabble in that a little bit. That'll be other shows with them, but more so about um, how to work uh, or how they work through their marriage with all the obstacles and maybe it's something that some of you out there need to know and need to understand and maybe fit into your own relationships that can help you. So that's all next week. All right. Until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions, you can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening and happy holidays. Hey, Merry Christmas out there, everybody. Uh, not so much Happy New Year yet because we will have another episode before that takes place. Take care of yourselves. Be the best you. Welcome to Season 5. Like the show. Follow the show. Share the show. If you're enjoying what you're seeing, see if there's some other people out there that want to do the same that you're doing. Right here on Two Brothers, One Mike. Take care. Joe, I'm out of here.